0: You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. You're listening to
1: The Sports Fix.
0: Ah, yes, he's here. Tom's here. Aaron's here. This show is presented by Window Nation. If you're in the market for windows, call 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them we told you to call. Tommy, good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing okay. Kevin... Kevin came in here like he's a long-haul truck driver I've been, today.
0: I've been logging some miles. Yes, you have. I've been logging some miles. You've been
1: pulling over at rest stops and sleeping and yeah, stuff like that?
0: Yeah, somebody um, uh, somebody tweeted to me yesterday. Do you ever just get on Twitter and respond to anybody? <laughs> and no, the last few days, it's been very, very light because I've been in a car driving since friday essentially you know it's funny i came in here to do the podcast yesterday but i had i had uh i have a son at penn state as you know uh and there was a death in the family um Mm -hmm. and that part of my family lives in new jersey so i had to go to penn state on friday after the show pick him up go to jersey from there that was seven hours seven and a half hours in the car um then drive home from jersey and then had to bring him back to Penn, Penn State, State yesterday after the show and drive back. And that's basically six and a half hours in the car. No one, no one feels sorry for me. I, I got in some good podcast listening uh-huh. and a lot of music.
1: Yeah. Into and, a lot of different
0: things right now that just, uh, you know, it was actually relaxing on some level. But
1: it's, it's a, a long drive. And it's not like you're driving a Toyota Corolla, buddy. Well, I don't know. Okay. I,
0: I don't know what that means. No, I don't own a Toyota Corolla. No, but, but, you're, but a Corolla you're driving would be fine. In, in
1: relative comfort. Uh, all not, that time. You know,
0: I mean I'm driving in in a in a vehicle that runs. <laughs> yeah, okay, it runs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Tommy and Tommy, I'll tell you what. In State College yesterday, when I dropped my younger son off, it was seven above zero. The wind chill was seventeen below. They got a lot of snow over the weekend, uh-huh. so they had had I don't know ten, twelve inches and a lot of the roads, the side roads, were still snow-covered. Um, but I got out to fill up the tank with gas at a Sheet's on the way back. I I haven't felt cold like that because it was so windy yesterday. Yeah. I haven't felt cold like that. I I, I got the I got the gas um, you know hose into the into the gas tank and then sprinted inside to that Sheet's <laughs> to load up on coffee and uh, a couple of hostess items actually all <laughs> right on the, on some, some comfort food yeah why not a few uh, couple of hostess cupcakes let me cupcakes. just point something out the to best. you buddy the ones with the little you know um icing uh ribbon in the middle yes. that's always good
1: yeah uh, let me just point something out to you yeah you were probably colder 20 years ago but it didn't affect you as much
0: that may be true. I, I have noticed I, I, I get colder easier as I've gotten older. But I, you know me, cold weather has never really bothered me.
1: And it never really bothered me till about eight or nine years ago.
0: Okay, so I have another 20 years to get to that point. Yeah, where in, it's in your
2: dreams.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, a uh, lot of, uh, lot of uh, hours in the car. Listen, and... you
1: mentioned something about somebody complaining to you about not responding on Twitter. Uh, to I, don't res-
0: I don't respond a lot. I you don't know. respond a lot. I know, you don't either. Uh,
1: but when I do, sometimes I get caught up in it when somebody says something really stupid. But generally, I don't. And I had a guy who desperately wanted me to respond to him on Twitter to the point where he went on Twitter and accused me of not having the guts to respond <laughs> to somebody on Twitter. And I pointed out, ironically, this came from a guy who who had an anonymous Twitter name of course you know yeah. i mean my name is out there my real name for everybody to see and this guy is complaining i won't, I I hide behind a microphone yet this guy has like some kind of fake name on social media you
0: get much more caught up in that stuff than you than i do you really do over the years i've noticed that you've responded to people with like two followers and you've gotten into it with people like that. I don't know why you do that.
1: Well, I like to slap people around I know bit. you do.
0: I know you do. I, Only the ones that deserve I it. I actually, when I spend time, and it's, on Twitter, I don't know what your daily thing is. I, I don't look at my notifications every day. I don't look at my responses every day. Well, Usually what happens is after a couple of days, I'll go through the first, you know, hundred or so and respond to a couple. I actually like responding to the people that have said something very smart or something that I haven't thought of. Um, and that happens a lot. So I find I, it I hard to believe there's nothing no, that you I, haven't no, thought of. No, I appreciate of. that. I think we have... I think we had this on our radio show and I think we have this on the podcast. I think uh, you know, there are some dummies out there. We both know that. But I think we have a lot of people that really get into it and are
1: smart. I think we do too. But I just, I just... Once in a while, I'll get in a mood where I've seen it before where I'm like a cat with a mouse. Usually, it's
0: somebody that'll text me and say, (laughs) Usually, it's like somebody like Scott Lynn or somebody like that will say, God, go check out what Tommy's (laughs) gotten into on Twitter. I'm like, oh, God. Um, We've got news today, Uh, not breaking news. Um, That's not really what the show's about. Uh, But the news that Bruce Allen is going to speak in Mobile later today uh Jay Gruden as well. Uh later on today is when apparently Bruce Allen will address whatever media is down there. And you and I were just going through the list of people that are potentially down there from the market. You know, this is look, I don't care when he speaks. I think it's just time to hear from him somehow. But you know that he always looks for the opportunity to catch somebody off guard, show up on Radio Row at the Super Bowl right. unexpectedly, sit down real quickly with Doc, you know, for 20 minutes, or then with, you know, his guy from the San Diego area, uh, Dan, Dan- Dancilio, Cilio. Um, you know, a couple of safe, you know, landing spots typically for him. And in this particular case, it's Mobile. He's down there.
1: He's not in the state. <laughs>
0: He's, he's he's not in he's the out, state. He's out of
1: Virginia. Yeah,
0: it's almost like for him, it's it's neutral ground, yeah. you know, on some level, and he doesn't have to face a room of reporters, right? Which he's not comfortable doing anymore. He doesn't no. want to do that.
1: No, he's not. And I, I would hope that we went through the media that we think are down there. Uh, we, we, we believe JP Finley's there. Yep. Uh, I would assume Craig Hoffman, Craig Hoffman from, from 106.7. I doubt 980.
0: There. You'll send anybody. We've never in recent years. I mean, when the Redskins own 980, they basically wouldn't allow any money to be spent on covering their own team. I mean, right. it was like whatever we can do to prevent you from covering our team well, <laughs> that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Including putting our top level management on the other station, not yours. The <laughs> one we own
1: and the one who actually has the rights to the to the product. I would think that the Washington Post would be down there as well. And this is something that nobody sent nobody sent anyone to the senior bowl ten or twelve years ago. Right. I mean now, you know, but that's how the NFL has changed. And whoever does talk to Bruce Allen, I hope they have a list of questions that they ask him that people want to know about. From why didn't you feel the need to come forward publicly uh, when you claimed Reuben Foster to what was this whole scenario with inviting uh, Todd Bowles and other people, the Redskins Park, to interview for a job that somebody already has? And a whole lot of questions in between that.
0: Well, there are a whole lot of questions in between that. You do this, and I do this too, when we have like the expectation that my, we might have a big interview. You sit down and you put all the questions together. I haven't done that yet because they'll never give me Bruce Allen um, to put on there. They didn't give us Bruce Allen on the radio station. <laughs> right, that's so, right. Um, th- that's not true. They did, I think three years ago, three or four years ago. And then that was it. Um, we asked for him all the time. We asked for Eric Schaefer all the time. We asked for the owner all the time. We were told multiple times we'd have the coach never, you know, never got the coach. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. Um, I th- there, you know, if we're, if we're going through the list, you know, you you just hit on recent things. You know, like Ruben Foster, like Todd Bowles, and the report about Todd Bowles. How do you reconcile, you know, this public um, uh, description of being aggressive, going after a new defensive coordinator with Greg Minuski? You know, how does that work? How does, you know, has Jay Gruden been involved in any of these interviews? Yeah. Because we haven't heard that Jay Gruden's been involved in any of these interviews. What made you think that bringing a coach back that was 35, 44, and 1 through five years, why did you bring that coach back? Yeah. Um, why do you think you're still there with your record? You spoke a year ago about everybody in the organization is accountable for their record. And you went through people who weren't even involved in the football operation. Why do you think you still have a job?
1: You know, these are all those are legitimate questions, although not just legitimate questions, questions that need to be asked.
0: Al, then you get to the football side of it. Alex Smith. We we need an update on Alex Smith. Yeah, you know, and it, 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 I think I think more likely than not, we're going to go through this. Doctor Chow's explanation of what they saw or what he saw Alex Smith wearing at the Wizards game yesterday. If you missed that, we'll explain it in more detail here coming up. But you know the answer. I think on Alex Smith will be we don't know at this point. Right. That would be the right answer, and
1: that would probably that's because probably you get, the fair answer.
0: It probably is completely reasonable, and you can continue to answer every follow up question that way. Yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know. What are the doctors saying? They're saying it's got to, We've got to give it time. The only thing that you would know about Alex Smith is whether or not there are future surgeries scheduled to that leg and the impact that that might have but but there's a you know there's so much he's not going to answer personnel questions like are you in the market for a quarterback right Um, but then you got to get into the season what happened you know after losing your starting quarterback in Colt McCoy and he's going to give the same answer that Jay Gruden's given which is really hard to advance to the postseason when you're down to your fourth quarterback yeah you know a lot of those answers but um, I haven't even thought of all of them, but uh, the Ruben Foster would be, you know. There's follow-ups to that too. Like, what compelled you to put Doug Williams out there? If yes. Doug Williams wasn't involved in the actual decision, and he may say it was a team decision, right? It was a consensus decision, and Doug is our senior vice president of football operations.
1: But I mean, the point is, didn't you think? Didn't did you did you expect the pushback? And if you did, why didn't you come out and speak about it? And then, of course, you have to ask him
0: about his reaction to the Hashtag Fire Bruce Allen movement. Yes. You absolutely have to ask that question. Are you aware of one of the most remarkable fan movements that any of us who have covered the team or been here and, and, and watched the team can ever remember? And it's called Hashtag Fire Bruce Allen. This fan base wants one thing, apparently, more than anything else. What's your reaction to it? What if he were to say, I'm not familiar with it?
1: <laughs> he'd, he'd probably say something. Look, Give me start, some
0: time. I, I'm not familiar with it. Give yeah, me some time. And the next time we say, talk in three years. You know, years. the people
1: I talk to, they're not part of that movement. <laughs> you know, all the fans I talk to in the parking lot and in the restaurants and in the bars at three in the morning when I'm stumbling out, they're not part of it.
0: You know, this gets back to um, some of the suggestions we both made uh, to, you know, from afar on how they should handle various things. And when you're in this sort of thing, I'm sure there's some PR experts out there that will say, take the offensive. You know, in this particular case, when it's so obvious, you just come out and you say, I'm disappointed. Dan's disappointed. We haven't done a good enough job. We haven't. We have failed on the field. And we're not doing very well off the field. Our only goal here is to try try to build a winner. That's why we signed Ruben Foster. We didn't handle it well in the moment. We apologize for that. But we think there's a chance... He may play for us, and he could be a really good player, and he could help us win. You know, there's a lot of that stuff. We've we've I gone know, through a but, lot of in the past. But whatever. Stick
1: needles in his eyes and say that. Well,
0: this gets down to you know the arrogance and the lack of self awareness yes, yes. that they the two of them seem to have in spades.
1: Yeah. Uh, but again, if you're down there oh boy, in the listen, media, the and you're not asking these questions, then you might as well turn in your credibility card. <laughs> turn it in. You, um,
0: I think, yeah, today is a day if you, if you're covering the team as a beat reporter, you should have had this list of Bruce Allen questions and a list of Dan Snyder questions and a list of Jay Gruden questions. Now Gruden speaks more often, but for Snyder and Bruce Allen, you should have had that list created two months ago. Yeah. Just in the event that that Tony Wiley, their PR head, calls up and says, Bruce is willing to do a sit-down one-on-one with you. Yeah. But you've got to be ready to go in five minutes. Yeah. Because that is also – would be potentially their style. Right now, he is going to speak in Mobile – Without any sort of heads up on this is my guess. I could be wrong about that, but I just heard about it this morning. So did I. So it's a quick hey, small gathering, couple of local guys. There might be a couple of national guys there as well. And Bruce is going to be available for ten minutes, you know. And then what what they can say from a public relations standpoint is we made him available in Mo-
1: mobile. Yeah.
0: You know it's too late. You guys had the opportunity, so you got to be ready for it. You're you know, right about that.
1: Th- and this speaks to a, a bigger problem in covering the team, uh, and which I write about for tomorrow in the in the Washington Times. You know, we like to say when we raise the question, "Who would come to coach this team?" The response is always, "Well, there's 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 only 32 jobs like this in the NFL," but that's not true. There's 31 jobs in the NFL, and then there's the Redskins job. It's different from every other job. It's different from every other organization. There are bad coaching jobs, but there is no coaching job with the combination of incompetency and 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 internal politics that this job has. Would you put it on the level with what the Al Davis
0: Raiders at, at times were in in terms of oh God, that you can't I, I don't want to go work for al davis al davis calls plays for crying out loud he tells me who to play and who not to play is know, it, i know as at, bad as al davis i know was? he was a great owner ultimately and he was a maverick and he was an innovator well, and all I, of j- that. I
1: just don't think i look i have no based on the loyalty that people have to al davis i don't think he was a backstabber right okay that's what i'm talking about i mean uh, if, if you have to watch your back if you're coaching the Washington Redskins from people who you work with from people in the building uh, so and and until the media starts treating this team differently than a normal NFL franchise they're never going to get at the heart of what's wrong. But Tommy, that speaks to what I've said
0: many times over. You've you've agreed with me, and it's what the team. It, it it just baffles me. It's it's entertaining that the team and its previous coaches think it's such a tough media market. It's not. It it has to. It actually needs to get tougher.
1: Yes. Um, Speaking oh, of tougher, uh, we're going to get to the uh, CBS uh, Sports Jason Lock and Forrest story. But you remember how, how Redskins fans hated Jason Lockenfora. I know that. When he covered the team here for the Post. I know. I know they did. So, I I know they and did. And it was because he was, some of the time, he was exposing what was going on behind the scenes. And that seemed ridiculous at the time. Now it seems quaint.
0: Look, I um, one thing before I forget this thought, and then just remind me to go okay. back to your Jason Lockenfora thing. I feel almost stupid comparing the dan snyder redskins to the al davis raiders because they're not comparable on almost every front but al davis was smart he was innovative he was a pioneer he was a maverick he was fearless he won he won big my comparison was in later years it became a job in which you basically knew that if you went to coach for the raiders you really weren't coaching the raiders Al you, Davis was yeah, coaching you, you, the Raiders. You had,
1: to, you had to work around.
0: Al Davis was a football person, though. Yes. B- big difference. Yeah. yeah he, a- and a great football he guy. He helped create a league. He helped create a <laughs> league and he helped create Super Bowl champions yeah. with his eye for, for talent.
1: And, um, and the Raiders' job is usually the one that comes up as a comparable. I just don't think you have the same level of of distrust. Uh, if you're the head coach of the Raiders that you do if you're the coach of the Redskins. so on I mean, the, let's let's remember, Jay Gruden said at the end of the year, we need to be better getting on the same page when it comes to communication. Yes. That's a subtle way from saying that I can't trust anybody in this building. Right.
0: It, it is. It is. I mean, and I know that some of you have tired a bit, that there's a bit yes. of fatigue yes, there from... Is. The Redskins bashing, but but these are now a, these these are now you have you have data points that prove what what uh, Tommy's been saying, what I've been saying, and that is nobody wants to work for Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen if they have any other option. It it, it is only if they don't have any options left that they might take the money and come here. Uh, real quickly on Lock and Fora. Um, Loch and Fora was not a favorite of Redskins no, fans. I never him. had a problem with Jason Lock Fora. I always liked Jason Lock and Fora. And on shows, like, we had him on the show before, before he became a part of CBS and couldn't come on ESPN-related right. uh, uh, affiliated uh, stations. Um, I... I've always thought Jason is a very good reporter. I think he's a great guest on radio. I don't think he's great on television, but whatever, he does the CBS stuff because he's really good with information and has great sources. He's aggressive. He's smart. He's fearless. He's fearless. The thing about him is that he's a Baltimore guy, so a, a lot of my Redskin fans, friends of mine who are Redskin fans, would say he hates the Redskins to begin with, right. like he's jaded to begin with. But you know he was one of those guys early on that was like Vinny Serato's a clown. Yeah, he, wang- how can you possibly, yes. you know, think that this po- this combo of Snyder and Serato can actually result in something of substance? And he was right. But you know, as a reporter, as a beat reporter. What I liked about him is he, he. I don't mind when beat reporters inject a little of opinion into their piece, a little bit of emotion and inf- You know, I never have minded that. That's the world we're living in. No one just wants deadpan reporting. I don't. If you want that, just read a read the AP wire. Do they still have one?
1: <laughs> yeah, they still have one, Kevin.
0: <laughs> um. Anyway,
1: AP is still the standard.
0: Uh. Predictions on Bruce Allen, what he says today.
1: Uh, talks about how he hears nothing but good things from the fans. <laughs> uh, will he make a stupid comment? Oh, will he... ab- guarantee.
0: guaranteed that guaranteed. That, that's
1: guaranteed.
0: One that we'll be talking about for what, weeks, months, be... if not years to come. What, uh,
1: he'll have a soundbite that will be gold he won't for be...
0: everybody. Listen, you know, there are people... Whether it's
1: winning off the field or or something like that
0: right or Scott McLuhan's grandmother. Yes, he was he at his will grandmother's funeral come
1: up with something because look
0: this was he, where he said about Scott McLuhan yes it was Was at it the, no, Com- no, Com- the, Com- the combine Indy, yeah, not what, mobile. since
1: McLuhan wasn't there yeah. yeah
0: and he and he had the reports were out that he was not going to be allowed to speak to yes the media. yeah um the uh what was I gonna say oh what oh, I was gonna say this he look the Redskins public relations department, from afar, most of you would gather pretty dumb, like pretty not with you know just not with it, and you're not that far off from the truth. There are some people out there that are fine people and they work hard um and one of my favorite people is no longer there. he's down at Clemson uh he got out of there uh but Bruce will not be coached up well. he will not be coached up well by the p r department, but in the p r departments. Uh, defense. Bruce isn't going to listen to anybody anyway. No. He thinks he's got it all figured out. Yeah. So the, you know, it's hard if you're a public relations person working in this organization for Dan and Bruce to really attempt to coach him up. Now, I know in the past they've probably given out some bad advice, but that's a subjective thing too.
1: Yes. So Now, I know it's, look, I can't reveal too much about this because uh, I don't want to put somebody at risk. But I know somebody had a business relationship with the Washington Redskins and and appeared at a Redskins event uh and uh, w- spoke to reporters this is a while back wait a, wait set it up again a person who had a business relationship with the Washington Redskins right okay uh of note uh and 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 spoke to reporters at a Redskins event okay Okay. Why would he speak to reporters at a Redskins well, because event when he's was, just a business associate? Well, because it was something related to, to the business Got he it. was in. Okay. Uh, that person was called into the office by Bruce Allen and grilled about what reporters he talked to and uh, what, he's at, what he said to the reporters and told by Bruce Allen that uh, he needed to know from now on exactly what questions were being asked of this person. And what their response would be that's the and we're talking about an innocent event is that some of his father in him well I'm oh, sure G- George oh yeah I mean people are real yeah. everyone loves George Allen rightfully oh, yeah, so yeah, he because because he meant so much yeah. to the organization but if you covered the team he was a nightmare
0: <laughs> nightmare <laughs> I bet he was uh in a totally different time yes. too um I predict I don't know I I this is i think this is uncharted territory him speaking well i don't think they they've
1: ever i think they've reached a new low i think we all agree on that you know i think we, we this is a new low he's the he is the
0: target more than anybody else yes which is also pretty at a level that doesn't even approach the level it used to be in terms of the actual distaste dislike hate, despise for Bruce Allen. Yes. So he is, people have sort of been waiting for this. And so I don't, maybe, the fact that he's doing it, though, in Mobile, you know, in a quick sort of, hey, he's going to be available, you know, whoever's down here, you can have him, says to me that he's not going to say much and that he'll end up saying something that's going to make everybody angry.
1: On the other hand, because, look, if redskins fans are tired of of uh, the beating their team has taken they're not going to be happy today uh, but uh, let's get let's let's come up with one positive positive. one positive let's, let's let's each of us come up with one positive in terms of what he'll say no in just in terms of the redskins
0: oh you're you're succumbing to some of that pressure no, I'm just Stop trying. It.
1: No, just come up with one positive.
0: O- only. Uh, I only am going to come up with a positive if I really believe well, it's a positive. Well,
1: th- th- come up with. I'm sure you can believe. Come up with one positive that you can believe about this organization.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I could come up with a couple of, like, m- minor positives. I'll take
1: minor positives. Well, like,
0: like, John Allen to me is a winner. Okay. And they've got a winner in the organization. And they st- they. They really, they got lucky that he was around at that point. Yeah, because
1: he fell because of injury questions. Because of
0: the arthritic shoulder shoulder, uh, concerns, but they've got a real winner in him in the organization and i think you might be able to say that about most of the alabama players there there's my there's my one good right now there you go they the, the drafting look if this was a strategy i'm not i'm not i don't hate it i don't love it because it just but if they've sort of admitted internally hey you know what it's not our greatest strength to evaluate players and to pick players Let's let's just, <laughs> when in doubt, the default be a Nick Saban player. Yeah, you know or, you could do a lot worse. Or you know a Bud Foster coached player. Yes. They drafted a bunch of Virginia Tech defensive players as well. So when in doubt, let's draft a Saban Saban player from their defense, or a Bud Foster defensive player because they're going to be well coached before they get here they're going to be you know if we've talked to Saban and if we've talked to people at Bama and at Virginia Tech we know we're getting the real story from them and you know what that's not a terrible strategy when you're limited as an organization in identifying and in securing talent
1: that's good I that's not bad no there you go <laughs> what's yours Mine is that uh, they got rid of uh, that special teams coach. I think, I think they did. Uh, they got well, rid,
0: well, yeah, because they hired his replacement. So, yeah. they,
1: so they don't have. So,
0: so now, hold on for a second. Before you get to your positive, you had this big thing last week. Well, well, have they announced it? I don't know that Ben Kotwica isn't with the organization anymore. Have they announced it? No, they haven't. It's been reported. Uh, then how am I to believe it? So now they've hired and announced that they've hired this uh, Nate Katzer, I think yes. is the way you pronounce it. Yeah, yes. from As, Tampa, right? From Tampa. They had the 20th-ranked special teams in the league. Shocker that he's from Tampa. And now you still don't believe Ben Kotweek is gone. What, do you think they're going to have no. two special teams coaches next year? No, 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 year? no.
1: I think this, this – I'm assuming that this pretty much confirms that they've moved on from him and they have a new special teams coach. So it's another fresh set of eyes. <laughs> to come in for the organization no sarcasm on this a real positive i gave you a real positive no sarcasm you've got to give a real positive this was your idea i know that but it was my idea to point out how screwed up this thing is, <laughs> well, is so, that that you have to so dig completely you have to dig disingenuous so deep so deep to come up with something I you know that wasn't that deep no it wasn't but okay but you took, and then you took away the only one. <laughs> no,
0: I did Yes, you did. You I, took away the only one. I have one. another
1: one. Okay, go ahead. No,
0: I'm going to wait for yours. No,
1: I told you mine. But yours was sarcasm. Yeah, I know, but that's the best I can do. <laughs>
0: it's, the, it's your go-to move. Well, you know. It's why it's why you may be, for Redskin fans, the most despised guy since Jason Lock and Florida. <laughs> I, th- I think I might be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, although not with every Redskin fan. Um, I. What's my second one? You said you had one. Well, my second one is that they have all of their draft choices, and they got three compensatory That's, picks, and they've got lots of They got rid of the third, you know, uh, last year for for Alex Smith, and they got rid of a fourth for Ha Ha Clinton Dix. But I think they have nine to ten picks, yes, this year, you know, and they've used the draft here in recent years, and they haven't drafted poorly, right? You know, they haven't drafted great. You know, there have been some big whiffs. Here, second round with. So we don't know about Ryan Anderson yet, uh, but the I I, um, I I like that they they, ha- they I, I have I the like opportunity have a, I like, to draft some players. I like that they have a have had a focus on the draft. Now I, I will tell you that I think one of the reasons they have a, a, a real focus on the draft is I think there's some philosophy there, which is fine, but I think there's also you know something has emerged here. That is, you know, the the player comp to the coaching issue that they have. And that is players don't want to come here. The best players don't want to come here. They used to want to come here because they knew they would get paid. Right. Now they don't get paid. And right. the agents don't like to negotiate with Bruce. And this place isn't a winner. And, you know, it's, you know, and all the other things that go with it. So um, I, I think the draft is the primary way in which they have to try to build something And they have, you know, I mentioned. So that's
1: a positive, right? That they have, they have draft picks coming up.
0: Uh, they do. I'm I'm looking for that right now. I'm trying to see exactly how many picks they have for the upcoming draft. I thought it was nine, but they got um, they got uh, the compensatory picks recently.
1: You know, basically saying that they have draft picks coming up as a positive Mm -hmm. is sort of like what Casey Stangle, the New York Mets manager. Once said about a young catcher named Greg Goosen, who was a terrible ball player. Uh, he was 20 years old, and a reporter asked Casey Stangle, "Can you say something positive about Greg Goosen?" And he said, "Well, he's 20, and 10 years from now he'll be 30." That's pretty much what you're saying here, in in the fact that well, they've got draft picks coming up. Of course they do. There's a draft. Do you have the compensatory picks, Aaron? That they were they were just assigned because
0: they lost the fourth. For ha Ha Clinton Dix, which is a waste.
1: But if they and, let him go, they get don't they get one? And
0: they're sixth. Uh, the whole compensatory pick, um, uh, you know, mathematical formula is not something
2: that's really easy to figure out. They're getting... Here we go. Over the cap projects that they are going to get a, uh, looks like a third, a fifth, and a sixth.
0: So the third would have been for Kirk, right? Yeah,
2: third for Kirk Cousins, fifth for Trent Murphy, and sixth for Ryan Grant.
0: So they get nothing for Clinton. Well, they haven't lost Clinton Dix. That would be next year. That would be next year. That would be next year. So 2019, they have a first, a second. They'll have two-thirds now. Um, They will not have a fourth. They'll have two-fifths, a sixth, and a seventh. They lost the other sixth, their sixth round pick, um, because they picked Adonis Alexander in the supplemental draft. Right. So... Um, I just gave you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They got eight picks. My that's, fault. I thought they had more than that. That's positive. It's positive. Yes. Yeah, it's positive. I mean, last year's draft, you know, got you a starter for sure in Deron Payne, you know, overall at number where did they pick Deron Payne?
2: 14, 13? Was it thirteen? Fourteen, I think.
0: Okay. Uh Darius Geis, we're not sure. You know, remember about Darius Geist that he had complications due to his ACL surgery, too. I'm not suggesting right, that they're infection. comparable to Alex Smith, but there are infections as well. Um, hopefully, this guy, Christian, is a player. Tim Settle looks like he is a good backup at best. Yes. I, I mean, at worst. Um, Sean Deion Hamilton, to me, looks like a real player, and so does Trey Quinn.
1: So there we you go. You know,
0: the year yeah, before there's that. There's lots to look forward the to. Re- the year before that, Allen, Anderson, Moreau are all going to be starters, you know, next year. More likely than not. Allen, Anderson, and Moreau, all starters. Uh, they got a guy in Sprinkle. Rouye's already a starter. You know, Harvey Clemens. Um, it was the 16 draft where you had Doxon, Cravens, Fuller's no longer here, but you got Ionitis in the fifth. Uh... Yeah. I I mentioned second round picks problems with more more or less just some seconds and thirds. I mean, we're not sure about Ryan Anderson yet. Obviously, Sewell Cravens was a major bust. Um, Preston Smith has turned out to be well. Matt Jones was a major bust uh, in the third round. Uh, But, you know, Trent Murphy had a really good year in Buffalo. Had a really good year in Buffalo. Yeah. You know, there's some good ex Redskins like Lorenzo Alexander and Trent Murphy who have played pretty well in Buffalo. Lorenzo
1: Alexander, amazing. Amazing guy.
0: Uh, Really an amazing career um, that he has had. And you Uh, know
1: what? He's a better guy than he is a football player. Great guy. Because this is a guy who who in two markets, if he wanted to, in Buffalo now and back here in Washington, he could be a post-playing career figure. No doubt. In either market. No doubt. Because he's very good. He's very well-spoken, very good guest. And he's very liked and respected. You know
0: who else is really, really good is Kedrick Golston, a longtime yes. Redskin. He's really good media wise uh, as well. I've heard him on with Doc a bunch. Um and uh I'll try in, you know, maybe next year we'll we'll make a run at having him on occasionally. I think this he's is, really good.
1: We we are a wash in, in
0: positives here. <laughs> we are yes. We're not a wash in
1: positives. Yes, we are. Our cup runneth over.
0: I, I had to give you both of them. You, didn't, <laughs> you couldn't come up with anything on your own. Uh, we're going to get to the Maryland-Michigan State game, I promise, for you that are interested in hearing thoughts uh, that I have, and maybe even Tommy has on the Maryland-Michigan State game. I, we sort of had it yesterday, Aaron. Well, you know, We talked about the point spread being high, and I said, uh, because I had a chance to listen to the podcast yesterday, I don't listen to the podcast every day. I tried to listen to the p- different pieces. But yesterday I listened to the whole thing because I was in the car for seven hours. <laughs> and uh, and we said about the Michigan State game, both you and I said, don't feel real good about no. last night. But I still feel very good about the Maryland team. Um, we're going to get to this Alex Smith story next. Uh, I know you want to weigh in a little bit more on the lock and for yeah. stuff uh, and the NFL playoffs and more. Uh, first, real quickly, let me tell you about – uh, Window Nation. Uh, Aaron, Harley, Eric—they all listen to this podcast. Um, they're big fans of the podcast. Eric's a big DC sports fan. If you've been thinking about Windows, I promise you, as someone who has had Window Nation install Windows in my home, you can't go wrong if you give them a call. Uh, if you've ever watched HGTV for home remodeling inspiration. Um, and you don't have time for home shows this season, Window Donation wants to bring the home show savings right to your door all this month. Call them today and mention Home Show Promo. If you mention Home Show Promo, you'll get two free windows for every two. You buy, buy four, get four free, there's no limit. Plus, for a limited time only, get 0% financing for 18 months. Call today, get educated on the newest models and latest innovations demonstrated right in the comfort of your own home and it's absolutely free. You'll get factory incentives, plus once-a-year home show discounts from the company that has installed over 450,000 windows in more than 80,000 homes, including mine. Get two free windows for every two you buy, plus 0% financing for 18 months. Call Nation at 866-90-NATION or visit WindowNation at windownation.com. That's 866-90-NATION or windownation.com and tell them that I sent you. All right, the Alex Smith story. We're going to get to the Maryland thing, I promise. Uh, from last night, I wanted to read the report from this Dr. Chow. Is that his name, Aaron? Yes, Dr. David Be- Chow. Okay, Dr. David Chow, who is a former—he's uh, a—he was a former uh, football NFL medical doctor um, for—I don't know which team he was for. <laughs> That's poor planning on my part, poor preparation on my my part. I remember we read his last report about Alex Smith, and I just can't remember. And in this story in the San Diego Tribune, which was written by him... it was the Chargers doctor. He was the Chargers doctor. Uh, that's That makes sense. Okay, so here's what he wrote about Alex Smith. First of all, if you missed it, Alex Smith showed up at the Wizards game yesterday. He was in the locker room uh, with a son, I think, yes. of his. And the Wizards players, he had a conversation with Bradley Beal, and he had a... He basically had a jungle gym on his leg, yeah. if you saw it. It, it, was, it, was,
1: it was a device out of a
0: horror movie. It was it was just a lot of metal and a lot a of lot stuff of going on. A lot of pins sticking out. Um, and the doctor uh, that writes for the San Diego Tribune, um, and I had read his, his guess on what was going on a month ago, he did guess that Alex Smith was going to have this contraption on his leg. Um, This is what he wrote uh, about it. Um, He wrote the following. He wrote this. uh, Redskins quarterback Alex Smith was spotted in public Monday in the owner's suite at the Wizards game. He also visited the locker room. This brought lots of questions about the crazy brace or contraption on his leg. Smith's appearance provided confirmation that he has an external fixator on his leg which serves to hold the bones in place since the hardware from his initial surgery had to be removed. And he writes, as we initially discussed six weeks ago, and that was because of the, 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 the infection. infection. Um, he said, when Smith was discharged from the hospital, this is what we expected to be hidden under the Redskins blanket draped over his legs. Remember the picture with him yes. in front of the Christmas tree that his wife... ...sent out on Instagram, I believe. Or maybe the Redskins sent it out on their Instagram. Uh, I forget. He writes, Specifically, Smith has a ring external fixator... ...called an Elizarov device on his right lower leg. The device has sequential rings outside that are connected to each other... ...and there are spoke-like wires that pierce through his leg... ...and are connected to the rings... The origination of this type of external fixator was in rural Russia, and in fact, in the early days, actual bicycle spokes were used. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Because that was all that was available. Uh, Dr. Chow writes, This confirms some of the fears that Smith has suffered significant complications. The initial thought was that he would be able to return for the start of the season. However... With the infection and multiple surgeries, including the now confirmed report of his initial hardware implants being removed, this lengthens the recovery. The good news is he should not lose his leg. The bad news is he likely has several surgeries and procedures still to come, including the ultimate removal of this ring external fixator. At this point, there's no way he will be ready for the start of the coming season. In fact, he may never be able to play. The next thing to watch for are reports of a free flap graft. This is where there is exposed bone from the infected tissue and where doctors take a muscle from another part of the body, reconnect it to the leg area to cover the exposed area where infected tissue was removed.
1: Oh, my God.
0: If This, this sounds ha-
1: horrific.
0: If this happens or has happened, that would make it hard for Smith to return to football at all. Uh, So that's what you're looking for here. You're looking for the report of a free flap graft process. He says if you hear that, it's pretty much over. over. But he's not very bullish right now anyway. No. Um, His last... His last uh, paragraphs are they're really short I'll read them. The initial reports on Smith were that the bone stuck through the skin and the urgent surgery was to pre- to prevent infection. The infection even though Smith should should be over that by now is what leads to this cascade of further procedures and issues. The hope is Smith can continue can continue to recover and return to football if he chooses, but his team will need to find a new starting quarterback for the beginning of 2019 and likely beyond. Now, you know the, the, this guy has a level of expertise that clearly nobody else well, has did, the, you, did that you know in, in our
1: group of people did you know the name and a device
0: I never heard well yes from his previous article
1: okay but 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 without him would you know the name never neither would I so yeah he does have a level of expertise <laughs> at least he knows what it was but but
0: let's also be clear that he has not actually examined the patient
1: yes. Yeah, but he was right when he wrote that he would probably have this device. Yes, he
0: was when he when he, when he heard about the infections. Yes. He said, "Looks," and saw the blanket over yes. the legs. He thought that that it that it was indeed hiding that contraption, which really is quite a contraption. And now that I know that it actually goes through the leg, well, I figured
1: it did. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it's not it's not like a, a cosmetic thing to to just to wear on the outside. What would be the point of wearing something like that? just on the outside of your leg
0: you know what though uh, and I saw some of the video he had good color he looked healthy i'm happy about that yes
1: look it i mean uh, as likable and as decent a human being as we've seen in the NFL he's Alex very likable. Smith. he is and nobody should have to go through this no it it's it, it's it's he's got a long road ahead of him no matter what
0: he does um look they gotta they gotta find a quarterback you know they. Well, I, I, I mean, you know my plan. I know your plan. Just start Colt McCoy. No, let's... no,
1: no, 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 no. Yeah. I've abandoned that plan. You have my plan. Boy, he's, that's
0: that's not the right thing to do.
1: My plan. He's, he
0: is a relative.
1: <laughs> he's your blood. My plan is to cut a, as many salaries as you need to to have Flacco. enough money and go get Flacco. Yeah. Trade all those draft <laughs> picks that you're talking about, <laughs> and and for Antonio Brown. Yeah. Then. You've got something, baby. Uh, You've J- got asses in the seats,
0: baby. JP Finley um, said that uh, Tark El Bashir is there. Is Tark with From the, the Athletic? He's, in the- He's with the Athletic now, and um, he uh, Hoffman's there. He thinks, and the Post has some people, and then it's him.
1: Yeah, that that would want- make
0: sense. Would you like me to text him a list of your questions?
1: No. Okay. No, it's uh, it's not my job to do his job.
0: Uh, okay. Um, what were we going to get to next? Lock
1: forest oh, yeah, the lock Let's and four. Oh yeah, the lock I, I, and four story. Okay, forest.
0: I I weighed in on it yesterday. the The only thing um I wanted to mention is this because I didn't in in listening to my podcast yesterday. Uh, first of all, I made a massive mistake, and it was not because well whatever I made a massive mistake. It was my fault. My fault. It but, wasn't my fault. But I went through Tommy. One of my one um, one of the things I said yesterday is I, I people. We live in this this world of everybody wants to feel like they just witnessed the worst thing ever, or the best thing ever. Well, yeah, you know?
1: that's, that's the immediacy of cable network news. Right. It's the worst time of the world. Right.
0: So this was apparently the worst call of all time, and it's the only time ever a bad call's prevented one team from going to the Super Bowl, which just isn't true. And I went through the list of all the different things, and I specifically went back to the 49ers-Redskins NFC Championship game. Uh, after the 1983 season in January of 1984, when Eric Wright got called for a pass interference on Art Monk, it's still something that just burns up 49er fans. They think that they were completely robbed in that championship game, and to a certain degree they were. They were. I mean, they were. They came back from 21 nothing. It was 21-21. Montana let them back. They had all the momentum. And first of all, there's a, a defensive hold on Ronnie Lott, on Charlie Brown, on a play which had no chance of the ball coming to Charlie Brown that extended the drive. And then the ball that sailed 30 feet over Art Monk's head wasn't catchable. And they flagged Eric Wright for pass interference. And that set up Mark Mosley's winning field goal in that game and the redskins went on to the super bowl what i said yesterday is they went on and won the super bowl no they went on and lost to the raiders in the super bowl that was the 38 to 9 super bowl the marcus allen super bowl so um those of you that picked up on that i appreciate that and i i i do know that that season was followed up by the raiders loss i think i just misspoke but anyway the um uh what was the other thing that i was going to say
1: we were we were about to get into lock and Fora, but you're fixated on your podcast yesterday. <laughs> I'm fixated you know? I mean, on my that's podcast yesterday. There was a uh... I wasn't here yesterday. Um yeah. why are we talking about that podcast?
0: Well, because I, I I'm just setting it up so you know what I said yesterday because I know you didn't listen to the podcast. Well, I
1: I I don't particularly care what you said.
0: I know, but I was I, I was talking about the worst, you know, everybody gets caught up in these things and there were all of these you know, you remember all of them. You remember the Music City Miracle. That's of recent vintage for you. I mean, how about, uh, you know, Hamilton's roughing the passer on Ken Stabler in the playoffs in 76? How about, uh, you know, plays like uh, Mike Renfro in Pittsburgh in, in, in the 79 AFC Championship game? We've had many games that have been decided by horrible non calls
1: or that. horrible bad I, calls. I, I get that. But, but two things on that. First of all, most of the, what you've mentioned. Are why we have instant replay now, and people forget. I mean, you know, they instituted instant replay because of horrific situations. The Renfro
0: call was a big yes. push. It was one of the first early pushes. But just back so, back to, back no, to my no, podcast for one second. I'm not. Done. I know, but but I'll forget if I don't say this to you right now. I read quotes from various people. Bill Walsh called for replay after that game yeah. in 1984.
1: Yeah. So Go this ahead. is why this is for why we have replay. I mean, this is this is how it came about. I mean, people complain about replay. The world without replay was much worse. Yes, it was much worse w- without it. The second thing is, I mean, I think you can qualify your statement uh, very simply by just saying "in recent memory." I mean, I think I think you need to say that with almost everything because off the top of your head, you're not going to be able to speak to past transgressions and past similar situations unless you're a genius like Kevin. Uh, and and you can do that. I can't do that. So when I was describing the play, it's the worst I've seen in recent memory. I think that's a fair thing to say, Kevin. That was the kind of play. If you did that on the on the sandlots of J.M. Hill playing tackle football, that's a fight. So what do you want done about it? Do you, that, that, do you want replay? Yeah, I, I want I want replay for, um,
0: for a subjective passing occurrence yes. call.
1: I mean, look oh to me. You know what? If if I were the NFL commissioner and and uh I wasn't there because he was at the other game. But somebody who works in my office came running up to me and said, This is what just happened in New Orleans. I'm the commissioner. I get on the phone and I, I get a line down in that field and I tell them to stop play. And I tell that referee crew to get back together and and review among themselves without looking at a video mm-hmm. what happened here and maybe rethink their call
0: um you know i had this conversation with scott yesterday on the drive back cuz he's adamant he uh, totally agrees with you and i just said look it's not going to ruin the nfl if they institute replay for subjective plays su- subjective pass you know things like pass interference and it's not going to ruin the nfl if they don't put replay in for those things nothing seems to be able to ruin the NFL in fact we have games labeled after you know bad calls and blown calls and it becomes almost part of the NFL lore and the legend of the NFL it adds to it in many ways it it angers people in the moment but 10 years from now we'll remember the Roby Coleman call that that prevented the Saints from Going to the Super Bowl. What we won't remember is that there was an obvious face mask not called either. Um, that probably it could have led to a but ramp Kevin, touchdown. The rest and, of it,
1: it the cost of doing business. Okay. This was outside the boundaries. I, I would, of I, business.
0: I, you know what? Here's the. Here's my answer to you. I don't hate it either way. Okay. I, I'm not. I don't want it. I, I would. I would lean towards less intrusion of replay on things that are subjective. Um, but if they throw it in there and apparently they are discussing it, eh, have at it. No, nothing's going... I, I have a bigger problem as an NFL fan with the overprotection of the quarterback, of the overprotection of the wide receivers, and the legislation of big hitting out of the game, and the legislation of being able to actually sack the quarterback you know, out of the game. I have a bigger problem with those things than I do with if you decide... Uh, if If the NFL decides what you want, and that is... We're going to have Al Riveron buzz down to the referees, say, oh, wait a minute, you missed a big one. And we're going to decide a game that way. uh, But if they don't do it, I'm going to be okay with that, too. I'm really not overly passionate one way or the other. I'm more passionate, actually, about the overtime thing, which we can get to at some point.
1: Okay, we can get to that. So I don't want to go over everything about the, the title game again because I'm sure you covered everything in the podcast yesterday.
2: <laughs> yes, I did. No, so, I had a, but, actually, no. But, here, but, I remember...
1: But, but the, let me just point I re, out... I did no, remember no, the no, thing no, I no, forgot. No, no, okay, go ahead. Let me just point out Yeah. that I had just as big an issue with Sean Payton on first down yeah. with like less than two minutes left yeah. and already in field goal range. Instead of running the ball, winding down the clock, kicking the field goal at that point, and leaving no time uh, for uh, the Rams when they would take over the ball, he throws it on first down. Throws it on first down, pitches it on second down, throws it on third down. I think they used 20 seconds off the clock in that time. Was That, that a, was stupid play calling.
0: Was that a response to something you heard on the podcast yesterday? No, no it wasn't. <laughs> because I completely disagree. And you know me, I'm I'm a massive you know management clock management guy. I had no problem with that at all. I mean, I'll, so many people agree with you and tweeted me and said, "Oh my God, the play calling at the end." No, they had. They, uh, Sean Payton did the right thing. He was thinking touch. He was thinking touchdown. You have to think touchdown in that spot. Here's why. why? Because there was Here's not, why. No, why? There was not enough
1: time. Of course for, there for, was. For, no, there of wasn't. There. Of course there was. Well, there was like 147.
0: Okay, so let me just walk you through it, okay? If you run the ball three times and you make the Rams use their They're final two timeouts, time the Rams are going to get the ball back with a minute to go. That's plenty of time to get in zero-line range to tie it. Plenty of time. The, the In that moment... Now, the first down throw was an actual safe throw. It was bubble slant to Michael Thomas. and It was just a bad throw by Breeze. And one of the things I didn't point out on the podcast that I wanted to point out today, you know, Drew Breeze didn't play very well. The Rams were the better t- team. I mentioned that yesterday if you listen to the podcast, but, but the Rams just flat out no, to Bre- me for Breeze, 60 minutes were the, better, not play well. were the better team anyway. But um, I didn't have a problem with that at all. In fact, right when they got in that situation, somebody said, well, what about you know them snapping it before? Were the two-minute warning well, what was second and 12 from their own 42 yard line or whatever you got to get a first down yeah if they felt like they had the right play and they were in rhythm fine you know this wasn't you know you were in a game in which yeah it would be nice to drive the ball down the field get in field goal range make the rams use all their timeouts and kick a walk off field goal but once he hit the big play um, the, the long one, uh, to, uh, to Ginn that got him down to the 13, that pretty, it's a great play for them. They're not going to give it back on second and 12, which was the play that, that they snapped right before the two minute warning, but you're not, you're then in a position where, yeah, you could get 10 or 11 yards and get a first down and then it's game over. Cause it's going to be a walk-off field goal. But once they had the first and 10 at the 13 and the Rams had two timeouts left two. Now I'm thinking touchdown. Whatever the play calls that I have to call to try to score a touchdown here, that's what I'm doing because I can do the math and I know who their kicker is and I know it's indoors and I know that they are likely in a minute only going to need to gain 30 yards for field goal range to tie the game. So I'm thinking touchdown. And here's, That's and, my, that's and, and my what reasoning. What you're
1: thinking is on defense, worst-case scenario – that you're not going to be able to stop them with less than a minute left. Why wouldn't you, if you're the Saints on offense, thinking worst-case scenario – I throw an incomplete pass, I throw three straight incomplete passes, well, they did. and I lose no time. I I, I I take no time off the clock. Kick a field which, goal. Uh, which, which which And then it, you could lose
0: on a touchdown. Is that what you're gonna say? Uh,
1: then then you've you've given the Rams almost double the amount of time. Oh
0: boy, that's a that's a a real aggressive way to think.
1: Well I mean the same way that's just like you. You can't stop them with less than a minute left and no timeouts. Yeah, that's
0: why I want to have a seven point lead. Well, that's
1: that's a real aggressive
0: way that's to think. That's why I want to have a seven point lead. I'm
1: sorry. My I'm worst case for the scenario it's a lot worse than your worst case scenario because no, mine happened.
0: No, no, it's it, it's not. It's the uh, look. You know, you could, a better argument from your standpoint would be: look, I think they could have made a first down or a touchdown just running the ball three times. Well,
1: which, that may be.
0: Which, but, but that may but, be. But that but wouldn't he be my point. He didn't think so. He went into that the first and ten at the thirteen with a minute fifty five left in the Rams holding two timeouts. He went into that first down call thinking we got to score a touchdown here. How am I going to score a touchdown from the 13? Well, let's go with our normal game plan. But they because, didn't have to
1: score a touchdown. N- but
0: they d- well, yeah, it, it, you would rather be up 27-20, be on defense, and give the Rams two timeouts in as much time as you want. Let's get a stop now. We're not going to lose the game in regulation. I, I Going for the win there, I, the Rams were going to get in field goal range whether they had two timeouts or no timeouts. Really? With Zerline. Yeah.
1: Really? Yeah. There's no chance of a sack? Oh, no, there's a there's chance. There's no, no chance of a turnover? L- l- let
0: me rephrase. My fault. They, the in the cha- pa- There's no chance the, in the panic of a moment, they, a turnover? Yeah, of course that. Uh, they are not going to be prevented from having a legitimate chance to get into field goal range based on my play calling here. If it's a minute left with no timeouts, or if it's a minute thirty-five with two timeouts, and by the way, they did run it on second down yes, to make they them did. run their second
1: down. They didn't run it; it was a pitch. Yeah, it was a terrible call. Well, I it, mean, because the running play though, I know that. But yeah. when when you a pitch throw. the ball down there, you risk losing the ball. I didn't look. You're asking me.
0: I didn't have a problem with that at all. There there are much more, much more egregious. You know. Okay, but uh, I don't want. I don't want to go over that because that's
1: history. That's history. Let's move on. Let's get to something I want to talk about with Jason Lock and Four. Okay, but
0: before the last thing, before you start that, I I do remember what I was going to say (laughs) that I didn't say on the podcast yesterday, and and I think that this is fair. I didn't say yesterday, and I should have, and I've I've said it to you in the past, it's not just that Todd Bowles and Greg Williams and anybody else that is of, you know, perceived quality, that they don't want to come here. It's a big part of it. It's the majority of it. But in this particular situation, it's also fair to say, who wants to come work for Jay Gruden if they think this is Jay Gruden's final year of coaching? Yeah, You know, so... Todd Bowles is going to a place where Bruce Arians is going to have three years. Yeah. You know, he's got he's got stability as the defensive coordinator. Greg Williams, the same thing with Adam Gase in New York. Steve Wilkes, the same thing with in Cleveland with uh with Kitchens. Here, to to attract a position coach, you know, of high quality that has options, even if the organization weren't toxic, it would be a tough decision to make because jay gruden if you're practical you're looking at his last year here yes. at least he it may not be his last year but going into it right now the context is jay gruden's lame duck
1: yeah a- a- so that's absolutely. all i wanted to say okay well that was good thank you that that was good i'm, I'm glad i'm glad you got that in
0: <laughs> all right have at jason lock and Forer's okay story. look
1: i thought i thought like, i have a lot of i've known jason lock and for over 20 years since he used to work as an intern at the Baltimore Sun. He's a very good reporter. And I think, you know, based on the fact that the Redskins' dysfunction since he left is far worse than what he was reporting when he was here, I think Redskins fans owe him an apology, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Kevin, basically one of the most important things about this report was Dan Snyder's involvement in it, of Dan Snyder apparently recruiting and and trying to make the hire for defensive coordinator. And there's a question as to whether Jay Gruden was even involved in any of it. That it was Dan Snyder, according to the report, that was driving the whole thing. Uh I, I don't mean this in a mean spirited way. But you might consider maybe sleeping on this and taking a pledge on your podcast that you will never I know what you're saying. Ever, <laughs> ever say publicly again that Dan Snyder is not that much involved in the in the football operations of this football team. You might want to consider like taking like a public <laughs> pledge. Um
0: you didn't listen to the podcast yesterday, did you?
1: No,
2: I didn't. Because
0: <laughs> 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 I did I, I didn't take a public <laughs> pledge yesterday. But the most surprising thing to me when I read this <laughs> Is that he, and I do believe this, and I know you are going to completely disagree with me, but then I'd ask you, for example, since RG3, um, this was in recent Dan Snyder vintage out of character to get this involved in this stuff. This has been Bruce Allen's territory for several years now, Tommy.
1: Yeah, but we don't know that Dan wasn't sitting right right beside Bruce through all of it. We
0: don't, but we also know that it wasn't you know Dan with a stopwatch at, at the Indy Combine no, with no, Vinny. No, he's and, not. That's and, right.
1: He's not running drills. Okay, I'll, so, I'll give you that.
0: But I but I just again, you know, I I'll, I'll I'll concede that I could be I could have been completely off the last few years that Dan Snyder has been. Just as involved, just as intrusive, just as overbearing, just as influential in the day-to-day operations of the football team than he's ever been before. I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that's true. I think he has been a different owner since Bruce got here. It hasn't resulted in it. That's why I said to you a few weeks ago that Bruce Allen was Dan Snyder's attempt to be a good owner. That was his attempt to be a good owner. It's like I've got a real NFL guy in here now, not my buddy Vinny, and I'm going to let him do things. And it hasn't worked out because Bruce isn't very capable either. But the most surprising thing about the Lock and Four report is that that was something that he used to do, and he—I don't believe he has done a lot of that in recent okay. years. Okay,
1: so the baseline from now on, though, is that Dan Snyder is involved. That's the baseline. That has to be the baseline. And anything other than that would have to be able to come out publicly. In other words, you start on the basis. But it's a that, level of involvement. that. Well, He's obviously involved. He's the owner. I, I get that. I think the level of involvement now is that he he's involved in hiring the coaching staff for the head coach. I don't
0: believe that he hired Jay Gruden. I don't believe that he hired Joe Barry or Greg Minuski. This, this is what makes this, to me, different. I will also tell you, Tommy, I am not that you know upset about it at oh this point. God. At this point, they, they need a new defensive coordinator. There has to be some change. At some point, an owner does say, the, the, the problem is the reaction should be, I'm getting involved in firing Bruce Allen. That should have been the first reaction. Not, I'm going to get involved and go hire Todd Bowles. Without my head coach, I agree with you. It's insane. It's ass backwards, as it always has been. The, you know, the, the head coach can't pick his own staff.
1: Right. I mean, it really is. And, and look, if any of those candidates were honest while they were sitting across Dan Snyder, they'd say, look, one of the main reasons I'm not coming here is you. Is
0: you're in the meeting right now. Yeah,
1: you're here. That's it. You know, I mean if they were if they were really honest with them, that's what they say.
0: But you know, almost anybody in every in any situation of life.
1: Oh yeah. If the
0: meeting in the in the pitch comes from the top guy, yeah. no one's going to say, "Hey, get out of here." Yeah. They're going to say, "Hey, look at me." Well, coaches I mean, coaches
1: can... can be strange. Coaches can be sort of mavericks. You know, in a way, I'm thinking all look, as far as we know, we don't. I don't know if they. We don't know if they had a conver- an actual face to face conversation with anyone except Bowles.
0: We know that now, based on Lock and Four's reporting, and it, it they did not have face to face with Greg Williams, according to right. Lock and Four. Am I right?
1: Right. They never had he, the meeting.
0: Yeah, they never had the meeting. So, they so, they attempted to get the meeting, right. but they never got it. So
1: I mean, my point is, there's a lot of coaches that would say this if they're worth their salt, they have any character, they're going to say to the Redskins, look. You already have a defensive coordinator. It's very unseemly for me to come here and interview for a job when somebody else has that job. I mean, I've seen man I've seen manager searches in baseball where managers refuse to be to talk to a team as long as there was a manager still in place. Right. It's an unseemly thing among the fraternity.
0: I get it. I get I I, I, I totally get it. I mean it's just it's interesting though that I'm I can only speak for myself and of the two of us sitting here, I'm the lifelong fan. I actually do and would prefer if they actually win one day. You don't necessarily care, although it would be better for business yes. if they did better for business. And, Absolutely. and Dan and the report of, of the level of his involvement in pursuing Todd Bowles was not off putting to me. It wasn't. I was like, okay. Just kick Minusky out here. Part of it is because I'm a big Todd Bowles fan, and I've always been, and I'm a Greg Williams fan. But it's like, who else is going to make that They've got <clears throat>
1: Bruce Allen. Is Bruce Allen going to go can't aggressively J- try J- to get Todd Bowles? Can't, doesn't Jay Gruden have a level of respect around the league to at least interview his own defensive coordinator? I don't know, does he? I don't know. I don't if he doesn't, then, then... Wade
0: Phillips mocked him about the interview yes, that he, he had did. with him.
1: Yes, he did. Yeah, 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 he and did.
0: and apparently, you know, the, all of the Tampa connections and the nostalgic Redskins connections, which whether it's Greg Minusky or Todd Bowles for that matter, yes, or Greg Williams for that matter, <laughs> it's like the only it's like incest. They, the only move they have <laughs> is like nostalgia or. You know, and and I had heard Tommy early on that the reason Bowles came down here was Greg, oh, was Doug Williams. That he felt he's got a respect for Doug Williams. I can see that. Um, but um,
1: and the other thing about the whole hiring process, they did it this way and keeping Minuski because they didn't want to wind up with another Greg Minuski. Being that they didn't want to fire the guy and then not have anybody around to anybody come in to take the job. He forced to hire the guy to replace him, the only other guy in the room. Well, that, basically, they they re, they they hired Minuski because he was in the room, right? And they didn't want to have to do that again,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, and the only reason they haven't gotten rid of Minuski is because at least there's some recognition that they just can't offer any amount of money to anybody and have that person accept. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't work that way with them anymore. I'm surprised that you haven't hit on. Two big pieces of the lock and forester. Well, you know, I'm not as smart as I used to be, Kevin. Uh, this particular uh, part, where he writes, Snyder was leading the push, not head coach Jay Gruden, and the owner made it clear that he would compensate Bowles as well as any coordinator in the NFL and was also willing to alter his personnel structure. He was willing to alter his personnel structure within football operations if Bowles was interested. That, then the second part of that is one source with knowledge said Dan put the full court press on Bowles. He didn't want him to leave. Remember how we used to always hear, hear the Dan didn't want to let like him leave the building? Um, he wanted to know what conditions it would take to get him to stay. If Todd had said, I'll only do it if I'm the head coach, I think he may have gone for it. I don't believe that to be true. I think that's a throwaway line from that source. To lock and for I don't know that for for certain, but I don't think Dan was willing to offer Todd Bowles the head coaching job. But
1: I think it was to emphasize. I wonder if how Todd Bowles big,
0: would even ask for that.
1: I, I think it was to emphasize how hard of a sell that Dan put on him. In other words, it's like he was offering him pretty much anything.
0: Right, but the part about the personnel structure is interesting,
1: which you think speaks to Bruce Allen.
0: Well, who else would it speak to?
1: You, you know, you're right. You're right.
0: I mean, there's no one else it would speak to. It, it, they're not spe- It's not speaking to Greg Williams, his good friend, uh, his former teammate. It's not speaking to Kyle Smith or Eric Schaefer. I don't think it's 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 Bruce Allen who we've now had multiple you know quotes anonymous from various columns like Sally's. The rest of the league thinks Bruce is a joke. Yeah, as a football person, yeah. not as a an, as as an administrator. Um. Uh. or a, a political beast, probably the wrong noun in that particular situation, but as a football person, he's considered to be inept. Yes. Which, by the way, the results, while he's been here... Bear that out, yeah. Bear that out.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if that Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen started sticking each other in the back? Oh,
0: my God. We just had the same thought at the same time because I thought, what if Bruce Allen actually said... His announcement today was, you know, I just can't work in this organization for this owner
1: anymore. (laughs) That would be so funny if they started backstabbing each other.
0: I'm out because, Dan, you know, I've tried. There's so many things I've tried to get done here, and he just continually gets involved and gets in the way. I'm sorry, Washington. I did my best. You have got him. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to move on and work for the Raiders in in Vegas. (laughs) That would be hysterical. That would be funny. Like, hey, that hashtag movement, it was really <laughs> misguided. Because I've been trying to do all of it. You have no idea who I wanted to draft. Um. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Let's – what else do we Maryland? have on our list? Yeah, I want to talk about the Maryland game. But I think I had one other thing that was Redskins related on – uh, did you have anything else in the NFL playoff? Oh, the overtime rule I wanted to just say because I had a lot of people um, and I got in a big argument with Scott on the phone about this yesterday – I just can't stand the description of a coin flip deciding a game. It doesn't decide a game. And you know who's really good on Twitter? Do you remember this guy when he interned for us at the station, Jeff Schwartz? He oh, yeah. A, he was a lineman yeah. Yeah. for the Giants. Very sharp guy. He's actually really good on Twitter. Yeah. And he, he sent out a tweet that since 2012, since the 2012 rule change on overtime, which right. allowed both teams to get possession. Uh, the team who's won the toss has won exactly 50% of the games.
1: <laughs> it's a 50-50 proposition. Listen, I'm with you on this. And he, 100% on and, this. And he
0: tweeted out, he goes, oh no, facts over feelings. Yikes. I'm with uh, you on
1: this. This notion that it wasn't fair. Oh God. I think it's ridiculous. It's absurd. absurd. When did it come to that? Three third and tens. Stop them.
0: Just stop them. Yeah. You know, it is... Um, it, it, what was so interesting about the two games on Sunday is that, to me, the two best teams won. I thought the Rams outplayed the Saints, and I believe the Patriots outplayed the Chiefs. I think, that, look, that the Patriots could have easily. Had a twenty-one nothing, or at worst, seventeen nothing lead at halftime. Yeah, they took the most explosive and prolific offense in recent NFL history and held it to thirty-two yards and zero points in the first half. Yes, that's your ball game for very, all intents and very purposes. Very impressive. With that said, they're a Ford neutral zone infraction away from winning the game. Yes. So you can uh, like I think I said this on the podcast yesterday. I do you remember if I said it or not? Um, the uh, <laughs> the the, Actually, the
1: Chiefs turned out to be exactly who we thought they were.
0: Well, I, yeah, to in, me, in not good enough defensively I mean, to win yeah, the Super Bowl. Or yeah, get but to the
1: explosive Super Bowl. offensively, right? And a team that could score in three plays. They scored thirty-one points and thirty-two plays yeah. in the second half. Yeah, but, so, but so, and, but but that's who they were—a defensive liability uh, who were clearly gassed. By the uh, yeah, that's the mistake that was th- made. Yeah, no timeouts. Andy, Andy Reid should Reed.
0: have used some of his timeouts on yeah, defense. I, I felt. agree. But but the uh, what was interesting about the games and it speaks to a lot of what the NFL is year in and year out. This fine line between winning and losing games. So many games are decided by just a couple of things, and the better teams, in my view, the Rams and the Patriots won. But uh, the Chiefs were a neutral zone infraction, a controllable item, by the way. It's just stupid play. Yeah, lining absolute, up in the wrong place. One of the dumbest plays of all time away from winning the game. And the Saints were a you know an obvious pass interference or hit on a defenseless receiver flag away from winning their yeah. game.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. But uh look, uh one last thing uh because I won't be here on Thursday, but I'll be calling in. Uh actually I'm going to New Orleans Thursday. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Well, we're going. To, I'm going to Florida, you know, to, to visit my wife. But we're driving to New Orleans for a couple of days. Oh, good. It's only three and a half hours because away because you're
0: on the west coast of Florida. Yeah.
1: Right? So, but uh, so I'll be calling into the podcast on Thursday. Good. So we'll be talking, and we'll be talking about the Super Bowl in the coming weeks, uh, in the coming days. But uh, look, if if you're playing Tom Brady right now, and the New England Patriots, there's there, you know, and, and you've got a whiteboard with your game plan. There's only three words on that whiteboard. Get Tom Brady. Well, here's the thing. Get Tom Brady. That's it. In other words, uh if you have to give up two touchdowns in order to make Tom Brady either motionless or on the sideline holding his 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 head or something, you have to get Tom Brady and be willing to sacrifice everything it takes to get him.
0: Interior pressure has always been the Achilles heel. It was for Peyton Manning as well for Tom Brady, and the Rams are actually with Donald yes, and with Sue, are. potentially the team that can generate interior pressure the you know in the midst of all of the hysteria over wanting to be you know witness to history, the worst call ever the greatest day, ever the greatest games ever whatever um I just said the following yesterday on my podcast, if you were listening, I said. <laughs> I said, Tommy. The only thing that we continued to witness on Sunday is the greatest coach in the history of the game. It's not debatable anymore. No, it's not. Okay, so really isn't. Don't give me Paul Brown. No, I know. Okay, it's not debatable anymore. And in my view, the greatest quarterback of all time. And if it's not, if you want to debate, other quarterbacks are greater and would have got one more with Belichick have at it but you can't debate that he is the all-time winner at the position no
1: no it's, it's, it's I, a, he's playing at an elite level and he's 41 years the, old
0: the, we we have we can say this all of us that have been alive for at least 18 years you have been witness and you have lived through the greatest nfl dynasty of all time N- not the packers not the Steelers, not the niners and don't give me the bears of, of the 40s or 30s or you whatever. Know, you know, I'm not going to argue with it, you.
1: It's good. I think you're right. I think you're right. We're we're watching the best ever. I mean, I'm very convinced of the coach, but I've always thought Bill Belichick, I mean, going back to his days as defensive coordinator for the Giants, well, was was a genius. Uh, but you're right. We're watching the combination of the best there ever was.
0: We have to, a lot of time to, you know, yeah, we think do. about the Super Bowl. But I, I actually... I actually like the Rams. I think the Rams can win the Super Bowl. And I think that this, you know, they shouldn't be there for the next two weeks. We're going to hear that the next two weeks. They shouldn't be here because of the call, the missed call. Uh, that's, to me, only serves to, you know, anger them. They're a good football team. Yeah, they are. Really good football team. They won 13 team. games this year. Yeah. They and won I-
1: 11 games last year.
0: But anyway, um,. All right, let me tell you about Farish Chrysler Dodge Jeep in Fairfax. Go to FarishCars.com right now. You'll see all of their deals, live pricing, live inventory. Uh, Ralph Perkins, Kevin Farish run a great dealership. If you've been thinking about a Dodge, a Chrysler, a Jeep, a Subaru, give them a shot. They're good friends of mine. If you ask for Ralph, he'll put you in touch with their best salesperson. Right now, great deals specifically on the Jeep Cherokee, the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the Jeep Wrangler, and the Ram pickup. Farishcars.com for all the information. If you want to head out there, they're located right there in Fairfax Circle, and ask for Ralph when you get there. All right, uh, on the Maryland game last night, uh, the yesterday on the podcast if you were listening Tommy,
1: <laughs> you know there, Karen, there, there's Karen, a there's Karen, a theme why don't you just run yesterday's podcast again there's a theme why don't you just do that and just bag this one i because apparently yesterday was must listen
0: it was great i i listened to the whole thing you know have you finish. sent
1: it to the smithsonian yet i know they're shut down but as soon as they apparently, open the,
0: up... apparently the museum wants it
1: okay well, there you go <laughs> there you go send it over there
0: um I talked about rebounding, uh, offensive rebounds for Michigan State and in turnovers. And Maryland turned it over too much in the first half and they gave up too many offensive rebounds in the first half to beat a team like that in their building. They're really good. Maryland's really good too. So Mar- let me ask, a good... like,
1: let me ask you a question about what happened. Yep. Do you see Maryland growing enough between now and the and Let's say the Big Ten tournament mm-hmm. to challenge Michigan State better than they did. Yeah, last I do. Night. Okay. I do.
0: I don't think I don't think Michigan State is so much better talent okay. wise. Now, last night they basically played without Nick Ward, who was in foul trouble from the beginning. Right. You know, so he didn't. Did, did he even score?
2: Uh, I don't he, think he scored. He didn't score. He played thirteen minutes. Okay.
0: So they played without their big dude Nick Ward, who is a load to deal with because of foul trouble. Um, they were also missing one of their key scorers. He, they've been missing him for a while. He's been out for a while. Uh, so those are two players that would factor into a rematch in the Big Ten tournament. You know, right. down the road they they don't play uh, Michigan I know State. I they at don't.
1: Home. They still have two games with Michigan, though. They, right?
0: They have two games with Michigan, and I actually, after watching Michigan a little bit uh, in recent weeks, I think Maryland's actually much more. Michigan State to me is the best team in the league, uh-huh. The talent wise, coaching wise, everything. Izzo's the best. He's yeah, he the is. best. Um, but Maryland in the first half last night had seven turnovers, and they'd given up you know, far too many offensive rebounds to have a chance. And then they just didn't run good enough offense, consistent enough offense. I listened to Turgeon after the game and with Naki in the locker room, and he talked about this is the first time I've really felt like we played young. And they were physically at so, at times dominated a little bit, I just don't want to hear the young excuse anymore. We're now into game t- 21. Last night was the 20th game of the season. You know, they have played a lot of games. They played a lot of big games. But they games. are
1: among the youngest teams. Fifth youngest in college yeah. basketball.
0: But, you know, that's by age, not right. necessarily class. Uh, anyway, um, Cowan had the worst game he's had in a while. They really bottled him up. Cassius Winston was great last night. I, I mentioned on the podcast that... I haven't been overly blown away by him at times, but he, he played great last night, and he's apparently played really well recently. I haven't seen many of their games. I did not see them beat Nebraska the other night when he went for 29 uh, and 6, but he was spectacular last night. And Maryland had, you know, they, it was the final four minutes of the first half that really was the decider. The game was 20 to 20 or 22 20. And then Maryland went scoreless over the final four and a half minutes. They pulled Bruno. Uh, They pulled Bruno, and he wasn't in foul trouble, and... Uh, they got beat up a little bit down the stretch and they turned it over too. That didn't have as much to do with Bruno. I know I, I saw all of that last night, you know. Why would he pull Bruno? Well they, they were also turning it over right. offensively. They don't have they've got a couple of go-to things against man now. One of them is to just run the offense through Bruno in the post right. or the high post and start it that way. I thought Cowan pushed too much early um and they were better there during that stretch when he was off the floor. They're not better without him. They they absolutely need him. Um, and they, they had some looks that didn't go down, you know, during the first half that I think it's one of those games that they weren't better. They weren't going to win the game, but the end of the first half is what doomed them. If somehow they could have kept that into a, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of a five point or less halftime lead, instead of it being 11, I think we would have had a more competitive game in the second half. Maryland's not overmatched by Michigan state. They didn't play well last night and Michigan state. Played well defensively. They really played well defensively. Maryland. I'll tell you who really. Sh- I mean, Wiggins. He really does have some range, man. Right, Aaron. He's oh, yeah. got he's got range, and he is he's their best shooter. And there are going to be some nights like last night where they're going to desperately need him to you know give them a chance to score against a team like Michigan State. Uh, Bruno turned it over too much sometimes from the post. Got a little bit you know. Uh, fumbled it a little bit. Wasn't strong with the ball. Um, I somebody uh, texted me Hayden in Virginia, who's one of my favorite people, listens to this podcast and listened to the radio show for years. And uh, I, I, he's smart. I listen to him. Uh, he, we talk all the time. And he said that um, last night that uh, he really felt like it was house money, and I think that was a feeling among Maryland fans. I don't want them to think that way. I, I, You know, Gary never felt, and when Gary had it going, you never felt like, hey, this would be nice to have. When you went to Duke or Carolina, when Maryland had it going, you expected to win. Yeah. And you were disappointed when they didn't win. Not that they always won there. They didn't. But you really felt like you had a chance. I think a lot of Maryland fans went into that game last night thinking, they don't have a chance to win, but it's okay because they've built up some ability to be okay with losing this game. I That's I not said
2: an that, unreasonable uh, possession.
0: Yeah, uh, it's uh, whether it's unreasonable or not. I, I think it's a mindset that you, that you don't want the program to well, fall into. Yeah, I mean, but the I problem, mean, mi- Michigan State.
1: No, you don't want the you know you don't want the coach to think that.
0: I want Maryland to be on the level of Michigan State, mm, and there've been there've been times over the last twenty years yes. where they've been. At Michigan State's level, if not exceeded it, you know, in in stretches, I
1: know that, and I think it's a this, better if,
0: program. Michigan State's a better program. If they were They're playing top, 10, top six program, seven program, right?
1: If now. they were playing Michigan State at the end of the season, I'm not sure you'd have that same mindset. I mean, I think Maryland fans. What, are do, you, looking... what do you mean, like in, in, words... in the NCAA tournament, the well, Sweet no. Sixteen?
2: Well, or like if like even... this game was played in March. Yeah. I think he's saying. Yeah,
1: what I'm thinking is, I do oh, going
2: think... into it. Yeah, yeah I don't fair, think Maryland fans. Fair I think point. Maryland
1: fans see uh, time to time to grow, like I talked about. Uh, I don't think I think they think that this team has an upside that they still have to reach. I think that's a fair point. If this game were.
0: Where is the Big Ten tournament this year? Chicago. Chicago. If this were in the semis in Chicago, I wouldn't. You know, I'd just say let's go kick their. Yeah, ass. I think I,
1: I think most fans would agree with you by yeah. then.
0: Um, I did, you know, there was a moment there last night where I thought, oh my god, the final score could be eighty to forty-six, but they actually, you know, and Turgeon said this afterwards with Naki, he liked the way they competed. Down the stretch, I know that that's you know hollow to a lot of people. But Gary's told me this before; he could tell his good teams from his bat, his teams that weren't as good in games like this uh-huh. where they probably weren't going to win, but they never ever thought that they weren't going to win yeah and because of it they would you know and maryland had it they got it to 61 to 50 and had the ball there Aaron, on that one possession with still five minutes left or whatever but whatever michigan state was better maryland uh didn't shoot it well enough maryland uh you know got uh, turned it over too much i don't even know what their final turnover numbers were uh did they have 15 turnovers in the game
2: uh, it was around there. I don't know if they quite got to fifteen.
0: Uh, Twelve. It was the yes, final 12. number. So they only had five in the second half, and they Bruno had five though. Yeah, and they gave up thirteen offensive rebounds after giving up seven in the first half, um, and they shot thirty-four point six. I'm sorry, they shot thirty-four point four percent. If they had shot forty-five percent. You know, and made another five or six shots, you got a ball game. So sometimes it comes down to that. I felt like it came down to more than that, though. I didn't, in watching that game, once Michigan State, uh, you know, made that run at the end of the first half, I thought it was going to be really difficult. Uh, They were just better. What? what?
2: the, The problem is that we see this pretty much the past, you know, since Turgeon's been there. You talked about Gary, we always believed it. Whenever they've gone on the road to a ranked team, it hasn't even been close. I can't even remember a close game on the road.
0: Michigan was Michigan ranked last year when they lost that game. I'm not sure at the buzzer, or they, that
2: us? might have been ranked. He, they might have been ranked, but but it's, I, it's few and far between. I mean, he hasn't beaten a ranked team on the road. It,
0: Tommy,
1: did you hear that? Did yeah, you know I did. That? Oh, maybe maybe the coach is maybe the coach with this team is ready to do that. Maybe this is the team where it all comes together for the coach and the and the players.
0: Last year, Michigan was ranked 23rd when they lost that that close game okay. on the road um the year that you're no I know this I know your statistic is right but they've had some close really close calls on the road I think more close calls than you think
2: I'm Um, just I I remember a lot of games like this as well
0: two, two other quick points from the game last night I Izzo's always been one of my favorites I think I told you this that the AAU team that I coached most recently um we were called the Spartans Really? Now, the kids came up with the name, but I threw it out as an option because I've always loved Izzo. Yeah. Everything about what Michigan State is as a basketball team, the toughness, the physicality, the rebounding, the defense, everything. I just lo- I love that. He he runs great half-court Isn't offense. Is there
1: a, a story out there that he uh like early early before the season starts in practice he has his players practice in, in, in,
0: in shoulder pads? Shoulder pads, and he's got some incredibly physically yeah. demanding rebounding yeah. drills um, that I've seen before. But the other thing that I love about him is when he has a better team or when he thinks he has a better team, a more talented team, he tries to increase the possessions in the game. They're not a full-court pressure team, but they ran last night. They had 29 fast break points, half of them. Came after Maryland made a basket or a free throw. Wow. So the bug, it, Maryland makes a shot. That ball's inbounds and up the court, and yeah. they're getting a, a good look within seven or eight seconds. It's so the way I want Maryland to play. And I've I, I for several years now, when they've had some pretty good talent, I don't like the low-possession games that they sometimes try to dictate, nearly. Walking the ball up the court, trying to grind it out, trying to run good half-court offense, which they don't always run, trying to be good defensively, rebound the whole thing. Some of those things are good things, don't get me wrong. But with Cowan and with some of the players and Fernando and the way they've been a good rebounding team this year, good shot-blocking team... Uh, That was another thing last night. Jalen Smith looked completely physically overmatched in that game last night. He needs to come back next year. But I, Maryland should run so much more. They should force running. Cowan would be great, even after a made bucket, to push tempo, to probe, try to find something early in the shot clock. Because a lot of times you end up, if you run your offense, You know, with a 30-second clock, you're going to end up with something that you could have gotten in the first five seconds by pushing it that would have been better. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, they get Illinois. They They gave up a home game to play at Madison Square Garden this weekend against Illinois. There's a ton of Maryland alum in New York. I yes. mean, lots of them. And when they played in Brooklyn and New York against a good opponent, they've had great turnouts. I remember when they played Kentucky and Brooklyn a few years ago. I went to that game. There was like eight, 9,000 yeah, Maryland great. people in the building. Lefty used
1: to recruit up in Brooklyn all the time. Albert King. Yeah.
0: Albert King was the number one player in America. Yeah. And he got him out of uh, whatever that high school was in uh, in Brooklyn. Uh anyway, uh they get Illinois this weekend and then they've they've got some big games left. I'm it was I guess it was expected. Maryland fans seem to be fine with losing to <laughs> Michigan State last night. I wouldn't make too much I'd of like it. I'd like to kick Michigan State's ass the next time we play them because Maryland this this mindset that we were in in the ACC of hey, it's Duke and Carolina, but then it's us. Yeah. You know, we're the third best program and they were. Maryland was the third best program in the ACC forever. You know, they, they, still to this day, Gary and Lefty are right behind Dean and Shashevsky and Roy yeah. in terms of wins. And Maryland as a program, is the third winningest program in ACC basketball history. I don't want to be in that, in the, in the Big Ten. I don't want to be the second or third best behind Michigan State and Indiana. I don't want to be that. Like, it, it's might as well try to be the best. And you gotta, you're going to have to beat Michigan State. you got to win some games on the road against ranked opponents. Yes, you are. For that to happen at some point. Uh, what else do you have today?
1: i got nothing else, boss. Nothing else? I'm, I'm itching to get out of here. I'm,
0: I'm itching to head south. I can't wait to hear what um, the Wizards won
1: yesterday. Yeah, they're playing well. They're playing all they're right. They're playing well without their highest paid player. What do you make of the Caps having lost five in a row? Well, I, here's what I think. I think a lot of teams go through situations like this. And for Reardon, his job is to come out on the other side without having his team fall apart. It's it's to basically keep the team together when they're going through these, these, this, this a time like this. I mean, you know, what you don't want is uh, it, it to deteriorate to the point where players start giving up, players start, you know, mailing it in, they start maybe backstabbing each other. I know not not backstabbing, but blaming each other. You don't want that to happen. So he needs to keep that locker room together. They they have a veteran leadership. They should you, be able to Do you really
0: to. think that's a concern of
1: keeping that locker room, a championship locker room together? I just was about to say that probably won't happen. Okay. Given given the veterans they have in that locker room. But again you're going to go through times like this over the course of an 82-game NHL season. It's how you come out of it that that speaks to your ability as a head coach. That, you know, this Eastern Conference that they're in is
0: brutal. It's really good. Yes, it is. I mean, And you
1: know who's got a really good team in that conference? Barry Trotz.
0: Yes, he does. They're in first place. Yes. They won again last night. They've yeah. won five
1: in a row. Yeah. They're three points ahead of the capital. And Capitals. Barry Trotz outcoached. The he, Capitals coaching staff, when he brought his Islanders down. How did here. he do that? Oh, basically, he, he just basically, uh, you know, the matchups, uh, you know, the, the power play, the defense. And you know what? You know what else? What else? How did well, he outcoach them? Well, there was more traffic in front of the net.
0: <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. That's all you had to say. There was more traffic in front of the net. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They play San Jose tonight. And then, they, then get, they go Toronto. Then they get Toronto. And then they go on their All Star break, I think. So, you know. You
1: don't want to go into the All Star break with, what, seven
0: straight losses? You don't I, want that. I, I'm just going to be the first to throw this out, and I know it's insane. You just better not get into a real big losing streak because now all of a sudden the actual playoffs. Oh, come on. They're too good. They are too good. They're too good. They are too good, but they're they're just one point ahead of Pittsburgh for fourth place.
1: I know, I know. Look, you know, uh, Kuznet- Do, you, do you, Kuznet- you know how
0: the play- you know how the playoffs work, right? No, I'm not familiar. I with I didn't you. think you did. No, it's top Kuznetsov
1: three K- and then the next best two. Kuznetsov is, has been a a mystery. Why? I mean, well, because I think people expected him to emerge this year as a superstar player, as you know, Alex Alex Ovechkin's one B, you know, to Ovechkin being one A. He was the best player in the postseason last year, uh, and I think the expectations have been high, and they've dropped him on the lines now.
0: Uh, I did see what Clay Thompson did last night. Um, ten of, you know, I'm thinking it has something to do with 11. the three point shot. Yeah, he really? made he made ten of eleven. He had 44 points in 27 minutes, Tommy, without shooting a free throw. <laughs> He's ten for. He, he was only 17 of 20 though from the floor overall. I mean, he could have been a little bit better there. 10 of 11 from behind the arc. It was an absolute show that he put on against the Lakers. And
1: the NBA, it's fantastic. It is
0: fantastic. <laughs> it is fantastic. And it is, you know, it's always a drama
1: every night. Did you night. see there's, uh, there was a story out there that the N-N-B- NBA, whatever their video game is, has become the top-selling yes.
0: sports I know. video
1: game? This is this. Didn't you tell me that last week? Did I? Yeah, you did. Well, you know what? Maybe you should go back and listen to that podcast. (laughs) You know what?
0: that was a good one. It was a great one. The last (laughs) one you were on, I also listened to yesterday. It was excellent. Uh, All right. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Tommy. Tommy's going to – Did you just call me Greg? yes he did
1: he <laughs> called you greg sorry about that Aaron. that's okay billy don't worry about uh
0: it. i love greg uh I talked to him the other day we're gonna get lunch this week um anyway uh tomorrow greg wasshinsky is gonna be, be on the show that's who
1: you meant greg uh
0: that greg yeah. and jp finley will join us from mobile alabama and there will be a lot on the show tomorrow because bruce allen is expected to speak today at three p.m.
1: I will be listening to that podcast. And then
0: you will call in on Thursday for a very long call-in segment.
1: Yes. From New Orleans? On my way to New Orleans. On your way. What's
2: your go-to drink in New Orleans? It's my go-to drink wherever I am. <laughs> it's beer. <laughs> it's beer. Tommy, uh, Tommy's I, I, a beer drinker. I, I, yeah, I'm a beer a beta drinker. though, in New Orleans, right? Huh? Abita in New Orleans? Not really. Just whatever somebody puts in front of me. That's right I mean, right I'm
0: not just don't put
1: sweets in front of them because Tommy does not eat sugar. About it's what I what I drink when it comes to beer. I, you know what? This is there's two things that happen. People come up to me and want to talk to me about craft beers, and oh, my God. eyes glaze. Over, yeah, I know. Wrong. Disc- you know, wrong and they said. and they always want to talk to me He's about cigars fine with a Budweiser. And. I just I just smoke them. Yeah. I don't know what you know. I, I, I I'm don't... actually
0: I'm I'm more surprised that you don't know a lot about cigars because you have smoked them forever. You love Shelly's, the cigar bar downtown that you spend more time in uh, probably any place other than home. And I'm supr- you've never. I think we had this conversation years ago. You don't know anything about cigars. No, not a thing, <laughs> not one thing. <laughs> and you don't really know much about beer either. No, you just drink it. No.
1: And you want to know something? What? I've gotten this far uh, with those rules.
0: I know. And and your cheese sandwich and or peanut butter sandwich for lunch. <laughs> uh, have a great day, everybody.